Hello, and welcome to Wine, Weird and Wonder, a true crime and paranormal podcast. Each week, we start with a bit of wine, the combo gets a bit weird, and then we all begin to wonder what on earth is going on. We're your hosts. I'm Bobby. And I'm Rosie. Please be aware the stories we'll be sharing may cover content that some of our audience may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. We are recording our second episode following our first episode because we were already very bad at least and we're having to record. Yeah. Play catch up and record to back to back. So the ball's been popping, the wine is flowing, and we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what she said. Okay, so. Chin chin. Chin chin. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> is that your new catchphrase? Yes. Chin chin. <laughs> if you Google chin chin, you'll see me. Like, okay, so. Okay. If you made it this far and you didn't shut off, after two minutes of episode one thank you for being here and we'll try to do better but no promises no promises no promises no promises no not gonna start singing on this thing because that is cringe right so today i'm gonna start lovely bobby can you guess what category i'm doing today Mm, okay so last time you done it wasn't really a murder it was like a accidental shooting listen yes. to episode one if you want to know what we're talking about um the category is drum roll yeah true crime <laughs> you look so disappointed we all know you're doing true crime <gasps> rosie's gonna stick to the true crime for now. i'm gonna stick to true crime because that's because that's your thing that's my thing okay call me sick so I'm gonna be paranormal. I thought you were gonna give me a subcategory. Oh no! So right. today's okay, story is. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me, <laughs> the granny killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. You know I'm going to see my nan tomorrow. Oh, so my love. Um, <laughs> the granny killer. Yes. No. No. Mm. I couldn't help it. No. No. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? No. I'm not. Get ready. To be fair, this is very screwed up and disturbing, but it's very, very short. Short and deadly. Short and (laughs) traumatising. Like ripping off a plaster. Like ripping off a plaster and slowly picking out stitches with a mouldy tweezer. You get sepsis and... I've got a thing about sepsis. Yeah, Both have. episodes I've mentioned sepsis. We'll get into that later. Okay, so. Rosie's nan died of sepsis. Let's not get into my mum's leg. <laughs> Rosie's nan died of sepsis. And if you want to find out more about other family members and sepsis, stay tuned for episode 100. We're on episode 2. You've got okay. hundred family members that all died of sepsis. <laughs> no, but it's going to take a hundred episodes to talk about that one. <laughs> okay, Trauma. right. We're going to work up to it. Okay. okay. So, firstly, let me show you a picture of John Wayne Glover, the criminal, the granny killer. Do you know what? I thought you was going to say John Wayne Gacy, but that's a different guy that you should cover. Oh. 
Okay. Um, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, he's like the clown. Well, you know the story, so everyone knows that story. So really, so there's a Netflix documentary. I looked at this picture and I thought it was quite weird because back in the day when I did criminology, we did like pro physical profiles of like killers, and he doesn't match the profile. His face is very round. Like serial killers have bone structure kind of like mine. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a serial killer, but I'm saying they have like very like strong feature, prominent features. And he this doesn't... is a record that you have just claimed that you have the face of a serial. <laughs> no, I have the features of a serial killer, right. but I do not have the soul of a serial killer. Okay, so she says. Yes. But he's very round. He looks like the standard guy that lives a few doors down with his wife and they've got a really pretty garden and they have, like, flowers. And he looks like he'd have a very pretty daughter that, like, is, like, the girl next like door. a standard humble... Standard Joe. He was a pie salesman. He looks like a pie salesman. We'll right. add a picture to the Instagram. Yes, we'll add a picture. I would, if I saw this man, I would think, he looks nice and friendly. I'll buy his pie. Yeah. What kind of pie? Apple it, pie? No, I think it was like meat pies. Meat but pie. it didn't really say. Oh. Don't say he put the grannies in the pie. In my notes, I put he was a pie salesman. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. YOLO, I'll buy his pie. So. Don't tell me he put the grannies in the pie. He was nicknamed. No, he didn't put the grannies in the pies. I promise you he didn't put the grannies in the pies. He may as well. <sighs> So let's okay. get to the story. It is short though. Okay. Okay, so he's nicknamed the Granny Killer. John Wayne Glover is one of Australia's most notorious serial murderers who targeted elderly women uh, across Sydney's North Shore from 1989 to 1990. Oh, so a year. A year in action. And he had six victims. In a year? Yeah. So who has the time? Babes. That's like he's a serial killer. Yeah, but that's one every like. Who has the time? He's a pie salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know bakers get up at like five in the morning? Right. So he pie. finishes at three. So oh. he's got the rest of the day. We look like we're condoning this. We're not. Right. So originally, the granny killer was from a working class background. I don't see the relevance. You know, like, because basically if you're from a working class background, you're more likely to be a serial killer. Yeah, apparently. Apparently so. I, I mean, disagree. But I'm just saying. I didn't see. More I didn't see the... Re- when I read that, I was like, what are you trying to say? Like... I think we're just setting the background here. Yeah. I think they were setting the background, but me, I got my back up. I was like, what are you trying to say? That all of us, because we've got no money, we've got to go around killing people. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was from a working class background in Wolverhampton, England. So he's English. He immigrated to Australia in 1956. Of course he was in Prior to this, he was convicted of crimes including larceny, assault, mm-hmm. and indecent assault in Melbourne. Oh, after okay. The, after that, he relocated to Sydney um, following his marriage to gay roles. He had a troubled history with the older women in his life, in particular his mum, so he's got mummy issues. Oh. Don't we? Oh, joking. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> Kidding. Not. Um, no, so he had mummy issues. Um, sadly, his mum died of breast cancer. That is sad. He, his wife left him oh. and she took his two daughters to New Zealand. Oh. 
Well, I mean, it'd be funny if he's getting done for all of these assaults and things. He probably, yeah. I don't know, I can't speculate how he was as a partner or a father. Yeah, I mean, he obviously it wasn't, can't have been easy. He wasn't all the ticket, so maybe his wife knew that something was happening. But obviously, you would never think that your husband is a serial killer to elderly women. No, because something was off. You wouldn't marry someone who you thought. Well, you know. Of course, I mean, people are sick, but no. Okay, so let's go to the rhymes. So between 1989 and 1990... Oh, I thought it was 99. Did I say 99 earlier? No, you said 90. 1989 and 1990. That's yeah, so one year. year. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying, and he killed six people, so that's one person every two months. Yeah. He killed six women between the age of 60 and 93. He was responsible wow. responsible for molestation of at least five elderly women. I told you this was sick. I'm so sorry. I told you it was short and sick. Not short and sweet. Short and sick. Your face is, like, judging. No, because you know what the thing is? When, like, people know abuse or molestation is okay on any level to anyone, but you know older people, they're so, like, vulnerable and then mm. they are people who have lived long lives you know imagine you get to 90 years old and you're like i've lived a lovely life and then that happens these people are established like they just need to be cared for and yeah and just like have their what, what years are they called golden years yeah like, yeah so they believe he's the prime suspect in uh, a further nine on unsolved crimes oh. yeah that they know of okay I told you already he was uh, a pie salesman aside from his final victim he would select elderly women walking alone in public who were not known to him okay there was a pattern to his crimes mm-hmm. so he would stalk his victims assault them with a hammer uh, either in their home or in a private <gasps> location once once unconscious, this is the most sick part, he would strangle them with their pantyhose. So that's like tights. Today we call them tights, right? Or is that knickers, underwear? Sorry, let me double check. Because double I check. thought it was tights. I'm thinking tights. Pantyhose, called sheer tights or tights, are close-fitting legwear covering the wearer's body from the waist to the toes. Mostly so considered to be a garment for women and girls. Mm. So did you catch that? He would stalk them, yeah. assault them with a hammer in a concealed location or in their home. Once they're unconscious, he would strangle them with their pantyhose or with their tights, rob them of any cash and leave their body at the scene. So it's not even like he just killed for the thrill. He also would rob them. You know, like people will rob people or they'll do something. He was like I'm a sorry, mix of all. But what sick bastard. Disgusting. Also, pies don't pay. Sorry? Sorry! Did you say pies don't pay? <laughs> right, moving on. No, obviously. Why are you robbing them? Are you, did he need the money? Or was it just part of the thrill of it? I think it was part of the thrill. Or because pies Because don't you would pay. try robbing someone first before killing them and strangling them with tights. Yeah. It's like trophies. What kind of... Per- it's not to do with the money. That, yeah, like you said, the money is like a trophy thing. That like, oh, Why I'm here, let me get the cash. Because what sick person's like, oh, I've just killed you. Let me take off your tights. No, they're not dead yet. Let me peel off your tights and kill you with them. Okay. So I'm going to go on to the list of the six victims. 
And I'll tell you a bit about them. But I'll give you the list first okay. and then go into them individually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have some of the names I'm not too sure on. Gwendolyn Mitch Hill. Not Mitchell. Mitch Hill. Okay. Aged 82. Lady Winfreda Ashton, 84. A lady. Yeah. Margaret Pahood, 85. Olive, I love that name. Olive Cleveland, 81. Muriel Falconer, 93. And Joan Sinclair, 60. So they're all significantly older other than Joan Sinclair. I'm sorry, but all these ladies, like, except from the last one that you said, are, like, over 80. I'm almost, like, 90. Yeah. The eldest is 93. Okay, so, because it's a short story, I'll tell you about the ladies. Yeah. Uh, we've got Gwendolyn Mitch, Mitchell Hill. Yeah, Mitchell Hill was 82, like I said. Date of murder, 1st of March, 1989. Location, Sydney, Australia. She was the first victim. So, after watching her leave, Glover followed her into the foyer of her apartment and attacked her as she went to open her front door. He struck her in her head and body several times with a hammer before fleeing the scene, taking $100 from her purse. She was still alive when she was found by two (gasps) schoolboys. No! They're poor schoolboys as well! But died shortly after the police arrived. There were no eyewitnesses or leads to identify the attacker. Um, believing she had fallen, her neighbours had cleaned the crime scene, removing any forensic evidence. They didn't. Mm. Well, that's the thing. A lot of elderly people, if they are on the floor and they're bleeding... Naturally, you're just going to... Assume fall. They fell. And, yeah, like, you would never think someone's hammered her head in. My great-granddad, he had a fall outside his... Because they actually lived in a flat. So I can un- like, understand, if you see someone on the floor and their head's like bleeding a bit, you're going to... Or maybe just assume that they probably had a fall. Yeah. But then what they've done is they've destroyed all the evidence. Yeah. They've cleaned up the evidence so they can find any, like, DNA, nothing. Okay. Number two, Lady Winfreda Ashton. I like her name, you know. I know. Lady Winfreda Ashton. Mm -hmm. She was 84. Date of murder was 9th of May. 1989 like imagine you've lived your whole life and you get to this ripe old age and you get murdered i mean if there's any time to get murdered it's probably later than earlier (laughs) i get where you're going with it i mean there's never a good day to get murdered but but maybe if a week before i was due to die anyway maybe a week before you know but I understand what you're saying. Like, how can you live your whole life and then you get to that? Point? And the way you die is that your life is taken by a freak. It's a sad story. So she was a widow. Mm-hmm. Okay, she crossed paths with Glover while walking along Military Road in Mosman on her way to her home. Literally, they've got the geography and everything for these cases. Okay, mm-hmm. he's wearing a pair of gloves, and Glover followed her into her apartment where he attacked her with a hammer. He threw her onto the ground and dragged her into rubbish, where he repeatedly hit her head on the concrete. What the hell? He later recalls that she nearly overpowered him. At that age, you know? She nearly overpowered him. Well, good for her. At the age her. of 84. Boss bitch. Um, she fell unconscious. He removed her pantyhose. Oh. Her t- Can I just say tight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pantyhose, mate, gives you the ick. 
it's a very old yeah. traditional he removed her tights and strangled her with them placing her walker stick and shoes at her feet he stole a hundred dollars um he went as far as to say to staff that he hopes that the sirens were not another mugging gone wrong <gasps> so he's actually sick he's actually sick okay. um her wedding ring was still on the finger so robbery was not the motive victim three margaret age 85 date of murder 2nd of november 1989 sydney he saw her while he was driving from work he followed her as she turned into a laneway leading to her home he hit on the back of the head as you can guess with a hammer she collapsed he rearranged her clothing and took her handbag he stole 300 dollars dumped her in a stormwater drain what yeah so he dragged her body and put it down a drain yeah yeah. Because I think a stormwater drain is like a manhole kind of situation. It is, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, so this time he thought, oh, I can't leave the body. Prior to that, <sighs> he approached a 78-year-old called Dorothy, who was carrying her groceries. He offered to help. Yeah. She invited him in for tea, but he declined and left. Later that same oh. afternoon, he attacked and murdered Margaret. How odd, though, that he didn't attack and kill... Right? Maybe because she was so nice. Maybe he thought about it. That's why he offered to carry her. And because she invited him in for, like, tea, he thought, oh, let me spare her. Do you think? It would be interesting to see, like, a psychologist's take on it because mm. what would be his motivation to be like? Not you, but someone else. Clearly, he's made the interaction. He's gone as far as to like, offer her to carry in her groceries, get through the door... That would have been like the plan. She even offered him tea and he was like, no, no, no. That's what I mean. For him to turn around and be like, do you know what? Actually, not you, but I've still come here to do this today. So, and then go and do it to another lady. The next one is the eldest lady, Muriel Falcona, 93 years old. 23rd November 1989. He parked outside a hotel at 5pm. He saw her walking down a road with her shopping. He hid a hammer gloves under his shirt and followed her home we already know where this is going she was partially deaf and blind she opened i know she opened her door he repeatedly struck her in the head and neck with a hammer can you imagine this is actually sick like when i when i was researching my stories i didn't realize that something would actually make me feel repulsed yeah like like obviously i'm doing true crime so i know that there's yeah, gonna be yeah. repulsive things but i mean you're open this is actually upsetting yeah like you open a little old lady's opening her door to go home with her groceries and i could cry she's getting struck in the neck with a hammer i want to cry but i'm not going to no attack on anyone or whatever it's like okay Probably. or worse she was partially deaf and blind but that's what i'm saying it's worse it's not worse but it's like there's something more sinister about attacking someone more vulnerable than anyone else who's got... She's just plodding along. She probably doesn't even cross her like, mind. She can't even see as well as everyone else. She can't hear. Yeah. She's just trying to get her shopping through the door at that age. He's like, sick. Do you know how disgusting that it, I literally feel so sad. She Imagine her. She's like, yeah, going to make my tea. Got like, my biscuits. Got my biscuits. Just content. Yeah. She's lived her life. We had her struggles. She's like, He's going home and you're struck in the back of your neck. Sick, yeah. sick, sick man. Yeah, so she regained consciousness briefly and yelled out for help before he hit her again. He then took her tights and strangled her with them. Stole $100, rearranged her shoes. 
Her body was discovered by a neighbour. What is the rearranging of the shoes? He's not well, mate. He's not well. He's sick. He's Does it sick. Say why he rearranged the shoes? He doesn't say why. Not so far. Maybe at the end. Secondly, are these all his accounts? Or are you going to tell me later? The, I think this is basically what he's told the police okay, after fine. he was caught. Because he was caught. Who else is going to know? No, he was caught. Good. He yeah. went to prison. So the next victim is the 60-year-old, six, Joan Sinclair. Date of murder. Like, I wasn't going to go over the individual cases, but I feel like it's really interesting. I feel like it's probably important that each victim has their story. Yeah. This is the final victim. Okay. This is where the difference comes in the pattern. So unlike the others, Joan Sinclair was known to Glover and much younger, at just 60 years old. Right. The rest were 80s, 93. Yeah. He organised a visit to her home on the false premise of fixing a leak in her ceiling. Once Sinclair oh. had let him in and showed him to the leak, he took out a hammer and struck her several times on the back of the head. He then removed her tights and pulled her clothing over her head, taking a second pair of tights from her bedroom tied them around her neck and strangled her. Following the murder, Glover rolled Sinclair's body onto a mat, wrapped four towels around her extensive head wounds to stem the flow of blood. <gasps> so it's like, you, you hammered her head in, she's dying, you're strangling her with tights, you're tying her up with tights, and now you're trying to stop the bleeding, like you want her to suffer even more. Let her die at this point. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, let me die. You have just violated me beyond belief. Having my head in, like, let me bleed out. Why are you stopping the bleeding? But is that why he done it? Because was... that doesn't make any sense. He dragged her body across the room, leaving a trail of blood. She was found naked, God forbid, from the waist down. This is disgusting. I don't want to read this bit. Ooh. It's actually disgusting. Ooh. I wish I didn't pick the story. Viewer discretion is advised, because I feel like crying. Oh, so. We need to add that at the beginning, because this is fucked. Okay. Her genitals were damaged, but Glover denied raping her, insisting they had been having a relationship for some time. Okay, downright liar. I feel sick. That's a liar. We all know that's a liar. Sick. Sick bastard. Sorry, excuse my language. Right. Okay. So that's the the individual cases. Mm-hmm. So the police investigation. Okay. Okay, this is nearly finished. In November 1989, 10 months after the murders, a 70 officer task force was assigned to the Granny Killer murders. 70 people? Yeah. Okay. Um, prior to his final murder, Glover had been caught indecently assaulting a terminally ill 82-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. At Greenwich Hospital. What do you mean? At Greenwich Hospital. He got caught doing what? Um, indecently assaulting a terminally ill 82-year-old woman. That could be anything from, like, flashing to, to actually... like, physical... Yeah. Okay. Okay, he was asked to... So his number plate was recorded. He was asked to attend an interview on January 13th, 1990. He didn't show up because he had been hospitalised following a fouled suicide attempt. His suicide note read, no more grannies. <gasps> no, his psyche is not there. Okay. Police interviewed him five days later and he denied the attack, but his photograph was identified by hospital staff 
who knew him from his high sales rounds. <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's not the story. It's the pies. It's the pies. I know. It's the pies. I know. I know. It's the pie bit. I know. On 5th of February, the information was passed to the task force who placed him under surveillance after his release from hospital. Two policemen followed him uh, to the home of Joan Sinclair. Given he knew Sinclair and she was much younger, the officers did not believe he was planning to attack. So <gasps> so when that happened with Sinclair, he was already under surveillance because he had attacked... Are you telling me the police were outside? Yeah. The whole time? Yeah. No. Yeah. But obviously, Can you believe it? everyone else was just But random. because they knew each other, they and thought that it's not part of the pattern. Like, everyone else was random. He knew her. She was a bit younger. Well, she they was thought like they were having a relationship. years younger. Yeah. Did they? Or is that what he just said after? Because how old was he? Uh, I can't remember. Have a look. Can I write it down? No. I'll find out. He looks about 50. 60, yeah, he looks so. like he's in his 50s for sure. Maybe like 55, 56. I'll find out though. I'll put it on thing. Um, okay, where was I? Okay, so it's not that unplausible that they could have been having a relationship. No, but they were outside. Okay? While they were waiting outside, he murdered her. Afterwards, he ran a bath and tried to kill himself by selling prescription drugs, slashing his left wrist and drinking a bottle of whiskey. After not seeing any movement outside for a few hours, the police entered to find him lying in a bathtub still alive. He was taken to hospital and arrested. In her house? Yeah, no, <gasps> in her house. In her house? They, they followed him to her house. But for some reason, they were like, oh, maybe they're having a relationship, like, because she didn't match the criteria and the pattern was way off. So he thought maybe this is just part of his normal life. He's just going to visit her. Yeah. That's, that is fucked. Um, excuse my French, but that is messed up. That is so messed up. The geography of, of Globus Crimes. Nearly finished now. Working as a travelling salesman meant he was often driving around the North Shore suburbs of Sydney. He would select victims along his route and briefly stalk them before he would attack. Understanding the geography of, of his routes and times were when he... Were, sorry... Along his roots and times when he was active could be crucial in linking Glover to other crimes. For example, the map shows not only the proximity, but also how close they linked. So they could pinpoint it all to his pirate. Yeah. He would often travel the south coast to visit his sister. He's tried two suicide attempts before um, claiming to his wife that he's half good, half bad. Oh. Yeah. So definitely some like mental. Wait, so he had a wife. He had a wife. So she not... left him. Yeah, but he's tried to kill himself twice before, claiming that he's half good, half bad. It would be interesting to know his um, his childhood and his like story. story. All they said is from working class background, which I feel like is just like not really relevant. The majority of people are from a working class background. Yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't say anything to do with like why he did what he did. We need to know about his parents' relationship. Um, okay, so he was convicted of six murders and received six life sentences. Okay, what does he, that equate to the Australian law system? Six life sentences in Australia. So it can be 25 to 30 years per life. Oh, okay. So, so it's stricter than here then. 150 years minimum. Yeah. 
but he uh, committed suicide. He died by suicide at age 72 in 2005. Oh. And that is my story. That is quite twisted, but do you know what's like a bit concerning is that I know that my my next stories, as I go on, are going to be even more twisted. This is like the cherry on the cake. Like This is like the, the sweetness to what's to come. And I felt I felt more disturbed reading that than I did researching it. I don't know. This one was quite a dark one. It's dark, isn't it? Because one, because because obviously I'm doing true crime. I didn't want like them to link a similar vibe. But this is dark. Yeah, this is a dark story. Like that's quite heavy for me. It is. No, I think this is quite heavy for everyone because it touches on like elderly abuse. Yeah. It doesn't touch me. It is elderly abuse. You just don't think it would be a thing. I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Like normally, it's with younger and younger. Yeah, not older. It's a certain type of killer profile. It's just disturbing how he's like he said to his wife, "I'm half good, half bad." Like when he tried to kill himself twice, I would love. Actually, I don't think I would, but I'd like to pick his brain. Mm-mm. But yes, that's me done. Hopefully, you don't have a story so so disturbing. No, I don't think it's just. I won't say dark, but my story is different. It's definitely different. Ready? Mm-hmm. Ready for my story, which we're re-recording because we got too drunk <laughs> and we crashed and burned. So yeah, here is my different story. To be fair, yeah, we did a lot. It was a lot. It was a, It was not just the one bottle of rosé prosecco and two bottles of rosé. Yeah, it was also the. Whole recording before that yeah it did take us quite a long time actually so i'm gonna retell my story which i mean i don't remember anyway <laughs> so it's fine <laughs> to be fair i can't remember Some of it, i so... feel like we were just, what happened i was, was just in a blur we tried to overachieve yeah we overestimated our abilities basically yeah we did so okay so my story is the pendle witches this story is based in lancashire in northwest england um a fun fact it wasn't granted city status until the 1930s and lancaster castle was still being used as a prison until 2011 really yeah which isn't a long ago no but it's 399 years after my story takes place um, so what, 399 years? Yeah. Okay. So this story is... Old, old, old. Yeah, over 400 years old. So um, just to give you a bit of background, in the 16th century, Lancashire was said to be contaminated, quotation, contaminated with the presence of witches. Anything and every misfortune that came upon you would be the work of witches, whether it was a family getting sick, the cattle dying, the ship's not returning from sea, your crop's failing, or even if, like, the yeast wouldn't rise, wouldn't, even if the yeast wouldn't rise in the bread or the beer. So that was down to witches. Yeah. So They believe. Yeah. So you didn't put enough baking soda or yeast. <laughs> if your sourdough <laughs> didn't rise. It didn't work. It was witchcraft. It was, if you trolling dog shit on the way to the gym. Like I did a few weeks ago. Ooh, <laughs> that's the worst, you know. It was because of a witch. Did you actually do that? Yeah. No. It's the squish when you know it's happened. It, yeah. 
I haven't done it in a, in a long time, but it's I've that squish. I've done it for years. I couldn't remember. I was just like, oh, how are you going to clean this? Now? I knew as soon as I felt the pressure under my foot, I oh, knew what it was. That's gross. But yeah, a witch done that to me. Was it? Sorry, before you continue, was it on the way to? Yes, back? on the way to the gym. So did you continue to go to? How the... can I go to the gym? I had to come I back and clean my shoe. Go... Yeah. But yeah, no, I went home and sweated out and then went back. Anyway. At least you went back. I did. I made it. Where was I? Oh yeah, so also, um, in around the, them times, England had become new Protestant and under the new rule of King James, and he deemed all Catholics to be traitors and league with the devil and basically in the same band as witches. He also had an obsession with witches and wrote a new law that witches should be hunted and killed by hanging. The monarch had not long survived the gunpowder plot of 1605 and because of this he developed like an obsession and fear of black magic. So all of this is going on around these times. Mm-hmm. Um, to the story, it begins in the autumn of 1612 where... 20 witches were tried for witchcraft. The story starts with two rival families who lived in the Pendle Forest. Uh, there was the Demdike family and the Shattuck family, um, and they were both headed by old widows. Yeah? Okay. Right. The Demdike family consisted of Elizabeth Southerns, who they called Old Demdike. Elizabeth- Sorry? They called her, <laughs> they called her Old Demdike. Okay. She was Demdike. Oh, okay. I don't know actually where that came from, because her name is Elizabeth Southerns. Hmm. This but information... The Dem- but they're the Demdike family. Yeah. So maybe that's their family name. I mean, maybe that was her husband's name. I don't know. It didn't... This information wasn't readily available. It's probably not even relevant. <laughs> All I know is, so if I say Demdike, I'm, refer- I'm referring to, like the head of the household, which is the woman called Elizabeth Stubbins, yeah? Yeah. Okay, she has a daughter called Elizabeth Davis. They're both called Elizabeth. So I can see you looking at me like... Elizabeth Sutton's... Southerns. Southerns, who is Elizabeth Demdike. Yeah. Has a daughter called Elizabeth... Davis. Davis. Yeah, so when I say Demdike, she's the head. She's the head. And then if I say Elizabeth, that's her daughter. Cool. And then she has a son called James and... A daughter called Alison and another daughter called Jeanette, but I'll get them to her after, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's the grand, the mum, the three kids, right? Yeah, got it. Cool. Little family tree. Yeah. So the Denback family lived in a house called Malkin Tower. And the word Malkin uh, used to mean slattern or slut. Charming. So they lived in Slut Tower. Um. So so this is bef- this is obviously... Do you think this is where the derogatory word slut comes from? I mean, what? You know, like, people will call women a slut. Do you think it comes from this? This is, like, 400 years ago. No, because I... So I'm sure they weren't rolling the streets going, you're a slut. No, I think it was like, you're a whore. Yeah. It's just interesting. No, I think the word still had context, but Malkin used to mean slutting or slut. So they'd be like, you dirty little milking. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm done. These aren't the details we're <laughs> supposed to be getting lost in. 
<laughs> right. They lived in a house called Malkin Tower. And Malkin meant a slatten or a slut, basically. Another word for it. But the locals called the house Muckin Tower, right? Which meant shit tower in the local slang. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. So we've gone from slut tower to shit, shit tower. Shit tower. They didn't like their tower. They obviously not, they're obviously not a well-liked family. No. The family came from poverty and lived off what they could get from begging and doing small jobs for neighbours. So you get the idea of get them the in their living situation. Yeah. Okay. The second house um, was the Shuttox family, which consisted of Anne Whittle, mm-hmm. head of house. Yeah. She was old lady Shuttox. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then she's got a daughter called Anne. Um, and then there's Alice Nutter, Jane Balcock, John Balcock, which is Jane's son, Catherine Hewitt, Isabel Roby and Margaret Pearson, who were all the other people who were trialled for witchcraft as well. But I'll get onto them later, how they come into it. Um, the grandmother, Demdike, was known in the town to be a cunning woman which was another source of income for them and their family. So back in them days, if you're a cunning woman, you would do good stuff like you would cure people and find things, but if you was a witch, then you would do bad and harmful things, basically. So it's like... With the same yeah, the basically, same power, but if you do good yeah, versus bad. It's basically like how people want to interpret it, basically. Yeah. So say like you do something good for them, oh, you're a cunning woman. As soon as they're like, oh, you've... Spoiled my beer with the yeast because the yeast didn't rise. Now you're a witch. So, see the logic? It's the very thin line, I guess. So, in the other family, Old Lady Shuttle, she was the cunning woman of that family. So, that's kind of where their rivalry was. Elizabeth, Demdike's daughter, mm-hmm. her husband used to pay the Shuttle's family in oatmeal every year. And the one year that he didn't, he died. Okay. So that's Ooh. a note for... Make sure you provide the oatmeal. You're going to end up dead. <laughs> Pay your oatmeal or die. <laughs> what a different time to live in. I know. Well, your biggest worry in life was whether you could pay your, your oatmeal debt. Or die by witchcraft. I guess that is probably essentially more stressful <laughs> than today. Mm, I mean, at least we're not dying by witchcraft. How do you feel on a Monday morning? <laughs> How do I feel on a Monday morning? No. Okay, I'd rather I'd rather hustle to get my oatmeal paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be running the streets and go to work in Monday to get my to get my oatmeal debt cleared. <laughs> okay, right. So, um, they was all fine doing whatever they was doing, and then one day. The teenage daughter, Alice, from the Dunlap family, yeah. she was 14 at the time, and she was out begging, and a peddler called John Law walked past her with his son, Abraham. So she uh, begged him for some pins, but he ignored her and carried on. At the time, pins were associated with magic, and like they meant like clay dolls, and probably put pins in them and then things. Like but, voodoo. Yeah, like all of that stuff, but... Either way, he just ignored her and carried on. And then she cursed him, but apparently she did that to all people, so she just, like, cursed him as he ignored her. But then he fell to the floor and needed to be carried into town 
the symptoms recorded are what we know today to be probably a stroke, but back then they didn't know that. So she believed that she'd actually cursed him and she felt really guilty about it. And so in fear, she went to his bedside to ask him for forgiveness, but his son reported her to the magistrates. Okay. Because she was, he was like, you've cursed my dad and now he's like terribly ill. Then there's a guy called Roger Knoll who was Pendle's Justice of Peace. Roger Knoll went to investigate and he interviewed Alison, who then out of guilt confessed and also accused old Shattuck and her daughter Anne of being witches too. And apparently she accused old Shattuck of killing five men, including her father, John Devis, which is where that name comes from. Yeah. Um, But perhaps because... A member of the Shaq's family broke into their home and stole some goods. So they had a proper rivalry. So she was like, he went to investigate. Alice was like, yes, it was me. I did it. But also while you're here, old lady Shattuck's and her family are all witches. She killed five men, including my dad. And she also, someone else from their family also broke into my home and stole some stuff. Okay, so it's going down. It's going downhill, yeah. Well, it's going down between the families Yeah, as that's well. what I mean. It's going down between the families. <laughs> It's on. And then after that, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Shattuck's family accused the Grand Demdike of witchcraft too. So Roger Knowles arrested Alice and the Grand and the Shattuck's women because at this point he's got enough <laughs> information from both sides, arrested them. them all. Yeah. Okay, so the king had heard about all of this. And then while they were being held, he ordered there to be a record of all the people who went to church on the upcoming Good Friday, mm-hmm. because all of the good Christian people would be there. If she was a witch, she ain't going to be there. So he was like, I want to make sure not everyone is at church. On that day, the mum, Elizabeth, held a gathering at the house and the brother stole a sheep for the party to eat. Well, well. <laughs> until you said to eat, as that to party with people <laughs> for the entertainment yeah. instead of a clown, they'd go sheep. He saw a sheep for the party to eat. I'm pretty sure it was tea. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's Good to Friday. Feast upon. No, but Good Friday they're supposed to eat fish. I mean, I don't think there were fish in the local fields, so you had to just grab a sheep. They weren't at the church. Oh, no, this is the they're witches. They're having a party. Yeah. This is the witches. Of course they're not going to have fish. This is Demdike's daughter. Yeah. And yeah. grandson. So, yeah. Elizabeth held a gathering in the house and the brother saw the sheep for the party. Good times. Until the constable heard about this and was told that there was a gathering of witches at Malkin Tower. Everyone there was arrested, but the others were implicated who were said to have been there prior. Mm-hmm. So... In total, 90 people were arrested. 19? Yeah. Including a group of suspects from Southbury, and they all spent the next four months in the dungeon of the castle awaiting trial. Um, So the additional eight were called the Witches of Southbury, but in the end, they were all acquitted. Okay. Just to know. I'm not going to give you all their names, because it's just going to add confusion probably. But, yeah. Um... They was also then accused of conspiring to blow up Lancashire Castle. Again, because the Protestants had just tried to blow up the House of Parliament. So you can see where the paranoia is. And yeah. There's witches everywhere trying to blow the place up. 
that eight people were taken to Lancashire Castle, a working prison, and the nine-year-old daughter, Jeanette, wasn't taken to the prison. It was rumoured that she was looked after by Knowles while her family were there. So Jeanette Davis, who was the youngest daughter of Elizabeth at nine years old, she became the star witness in the trials and testified against her own mother, sister and brother. That's so young to do such I mean, a... Because you don't understand the consequences yeah, that's a of big what thing you're to doing. Do. Yeah, at nine years old, that's a big thing to so do. You think you're just telling the truth and then it's... Yeah, of course, because you're just going to do what you think is right. But you're going against your mum, yeah. your brother, I mean, if, your sister. If, if at that age you know the potential consequences, you probably would not tell the truth. Exactly. To protect your family. But the thing is, right, her mother, Elizabeth's husband, had died two years before Jeanette was born. So it made her like the bastard child of the house. And then she was ill-treated by the rest of the family. So she was kind of like the black sheep, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So there was probably a little bit of, you know... Bad awesome. vibes between them. Yeah. She probably felt like secluded from the rest of them. Um... On the 18th of August, the trial began, but the grand, Demdike, had died in the four months in prison waiting for the trial. So she was gone. She's gone. She's gone. She's, she can't be. That was witchcraft. She's already dead. Or is she? <laughs> she's lurking in the back of the court. She might have done some witchcraft. What, she turned into, into like... Into another being. What, she turned into a rat and just crawled away, basically. Yeah. I've seen the witches. <laughs> yeah. There's one part in that that actually where she takes her, it's, yes. where she takes her face off yes. in the hall, in the in the the hall, not the hallway, the hall where they're doing yeah. the witch meeting. Where they ha- yeah. And, she's, and, she's, and they're all going, they're all like, yeah, in the background and she's ripping her face oh, off. That and she's just terrified. Yeah. I mean the boy's running down the hill and to, and there's like the yeah. They've remade it. I haven't seen it. That bit traumatised me as a child. As soon as you mentioned it, that was the I think that traumatised everyone, because the minute you said you were traumatised, I knew exactly what scene. I liked the rest of the film, but that bit was too much. Mm. Right. Um, But yeah, Dembike was either dead or, as Rosie's pointed out, might have turned into a witch and scurried away. Mouse rat. And scurried away. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) Why do I always have a conspiracy? I don't know. I'm like, so then like he's dead, you're like, but is she? Because she's a witch and she might have turned into a rat or a mouse and scurried away. It's just the way my brain, this is really good because this is actually unpacking the way our brains work. You know, like people might meet us and be like, what goes on in that brain of yours? Who meets someone and says that? Has that not been said to you? No, I think it's a strange question. People have said like they, they find a way I think they wonder how the way I think. Yeah, because you come out with shit like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Okay, you're learning about yourself. No, 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 no. I know about myself. The viewers. The viewers are learning about, <laughs> about us. <laughs> Your time will come. Much. Yours will come out. Don't worry. Oh, hopefully not by the end of this story. <laughs> right, fine. Okay. Um. So, on the 18th of August, the trial began, but Demdike had died while in prison. Elizabeth protested her innocence in the court, but then Jeanette was brought in. Elizabeth started to get upset and she was begging her daughter to, like, 
you know, realise what she was doing. doing. Yeah. But she got removed because she got so distressed and I was like screaming at her and everything. After she got removed, Jeanette then got up on the table and declared her mum a witch. And she said that she saw her mum turn into a brown dog. And on the day of the party, her mum had said that they were all witches. So I'm just going to backtrack. Okay. About my conspiracy. (laughs) The daughter can turn into a brown dog. Why can't the mum, the head of the house, turn into a rat or a mouse and run away? All I'm going to tell you is that if she did, she didn't help the rest of her family. Everyone's for themselves, though. Fine. But if that was the case, why didn't they all just turn into animals and Because they escape? just didn't think on their feet. But she can do it at the party. Maybe because she's the head of the house, she, she might have been intoxicated and it might have... No, this is the mum. Yeah, she might have been drunk Not at the, the party. Oh, no, but the mum turned into a brown dog. At the party. Yeah, it's a party been... trick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You're going off on a tangent. Jeanette said she saw her mum turn into a brown dog on, at the party. And on the day of the party, her mum said that they were all witches. Mm-hmm. Her brother James backed this up, saying that the mum turned on him and saying that she stole three skulls from the cemetery. And four of the teeth for the house. <laughs> what? I was just thinking. What? I was going to hold it in, but I can't. I could tell by your face you couldn't. <laughs> I could tell by your face that you couldn't hold it in. Go on. Really quick. Yeah. <laughs> she got the skulls from the cemetery. Yeah. As in just loose skulls in the cemetery, or she got them from the graves? Who? Right, Rosie, when have you ever gone to a cemetery and seen loose skulls just chilling on the ground? No, they're all buried in the graves belonging to the rest of the skeleton of the body of someone who I has know, died. I know, but I mean, because this is nearly 400 years ago. They still buried people. They didn't go, oh, here's the cemetery. I'll just drop them off here okay. and then go off. Um, because it's witches, I'm just thinking about what I've seen in like witch, witch films. No, this is this is an actual thing that happened. No, no, but um, my mind is going to what I've right. You need to. to them. Your imagination is going too far. This is me reining it in. Dun, dun, dun. It's in. Anyway, James's story about his mum didn't help him because then his sister Jeanette also accused him of being a witch and killing three people. So, but this family has no loyalty. No, but you did say. That she was like an outcast. No, but the brother said that yes, the mum is a witch. Maybe they're just trying to do the right thing. Well, then. Maybe they have mummy issues. Apparently, they, and they have sibling issues as well. Yeah. Well, here maybe we go. that's 400 years ago's version of a dysfunctional family. I mean, it's took it a bit far because now they're all in court for witchcraft. So. <laughs> Where's the line? Yeah, where do we draw the line here, people? <laughs> right. So then after this, the judge ordered Jeanette to pick out the other witches from a lineup, saying they was at the house on Good Friday. The judge tried to catch her out with a fake name, saying, oh, was this person here? But Jeanette was like, I've never heard of that person. Mm-hmm. So when she picked everyone else from the lineup, saying they was at the party, she seemed to be telling the truth. After this, 10 people were then sent to hang on the moor at Gallows Hill. They're not sure exactly where it is today, just FYI, but at the hangings, apparently they did not die slowly. They hanged, suffocating. People were said to come and pull on their legs 
to put an end to the suffering. Jeanette was also said to have stood and watched the hanging. Because when people hang, it's meant to be a quick... It's meant to break your neck. Yeah, it's meant to be done. Yeah. But if they don't do it right, if they don't set it up right, then you're suffocating slowly, which is not actually what it's supposed... It's meant to be instant. Yeah. And that is kind of like torture, I guess. Yeah, like suffocation would be like torture. So to put them out of their misery, people come and assisted in All while Jeanette at nine years old... Just watching. Apparently, yeah. Stand there, just watching it. This is what you've done. Because she stood up in the court and she said what she said. Right, there's a twist on this. Is there? Yeah. Because 22 years later, Jeanette was identified by a boy called Edmund as a witch and taken to trial. So her time has come. Karma. Karma. If you believe in it, but it's come to get her. She didn't get full karma. Because, I don't know, she was nine years old and then that Roger Knowles guy was looking mm. after her so he could have brainwashed her. True. That's the True. thing. While they was all yeah. in prison. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because he was... Maybe she doesn't deserve karma. He probably prepped her for court and told her what to say. I'm guessing it's the theory. Yeah. Well, she, she's not going to do all that herself, is she? Because she wouldn't know what to... Yeah, nine years old. Too young. She's not going to know how to go to court. She was coached. Basically, that's what people guess. Um, but yeah, so, so she got taken to trial yeah. 20 years later. 22 years later, Jeanette was identified by a boy called Edmund as a witch and taken to trial. There was a new king at the time, and it was now harder to convict people of witchcraft, so you'd need more evidence, and you couldn't just go on supersti- superstition and witness statement of a child alone. She was examined for witches marks and apparently two were said to be found on her secrets area. Which could be any lady area in them days if it's your yeah. secrets. So it could be your ankles. Yeah, I was gonna say it could even just be like your stomach or your waist. I'm gonna guess it's not, but we can speculate, but yeah. Could have been love bites. Could have been flea bites. <laughs> <laughs> in them days. But yeah, apparently they found some in her secrets area. Apparently all the witches were acquitted because the boy was lying and it's because the dad was blackmailing them. So basically, the boy said these people were witches. He would go to church and point people out at church and say that they were a witch. But okay. really, the truth was, the dad was blackmailing these women, saying... You know, if you don't give me money or whatever, my son's going to put you out for being a witch and oh, you're going to no. go to trial for it and be hanged or whatever, whatever. How dare he? Yeah, but apparently it all came out in the end and it got quit. I mean, she probably, she got a taste of it, but, you know, she didn't actually get hanged like the rest of her family. I don't know why I'm just getting bad vibes from her. I know she was nine years old, but I'm just getting bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> So like part of me is like, oh, but she was nine, she's probably coached into it. And then part of me is just like, she's just not, not nice. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know. I don't know. Can you blame a nine-year-old for that? When they was like coerced into it, but then you she's going against her whole family. You can't, she was nine. I know. But there's part of me that's just like... You would still avoid. Don't trust you. You know when there's like one child who is a snitch... And yes. even as an adult... And you look at them and you're like, I know you're 11 years old, but don't think 
I don't see you. And you think... And your antics. I don't want to be left alone in a room with this child because yeah. who knows the stories they're going to... This child will get me hanged. <laughs> yes. For no reason. You think she was going to be that child? Yeah, part of me does. But then the, the other part of me is like, no. There's probably an adult in her ear. I mean, she was probably traumatised when all of her family got sent to the gallows. So. Mm. We'll never know. And then she was probably terrified 22 years later when she got she probably pointed out like, as a witch. Yeah. So... We're thinking the same thing's going to happen to her. Yeah. But it didn't in the end. Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. I guess. Today, it's now a park where you can go and play with the kids. Um, and it's a recommended good picnic spot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they also offer ghost tours at night. Picnic in the day, ghost tour at, at night. night. Yeah. So, um, the witches are said, still said to haunt their meeting place. Apparently the ghosts of children, aircraftsmen from the war and others who have died on the hill have been swayed there. On one ghost tour, they was doing the Ouija board experiment at oh Malkin gosh. Tower. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is what they, they do on the ghost tour, apparently. So they've I'm been, not going on that, because if you think I'm doing a Ouija board, you'd think again. They must not do it every night. They must just do it this one time. But the one time they did do a Ouija board at Malkin Tower, a tooth fell into the middle of the table. No one had lost it, and they later identified it as a 40-year-old person's tooth, but it was old. Hmm. Okay, so from back in the day, but 40-year-old yeah. person. People see shadow figures and a dog figure. That is the story of the Pendle Witches. I'm just curious right. how you thought to find, like, how did you discover this story? Honestly, I can't remember. Yeah, because I feel like it's not something that you just it's just going to pop up. No, but I mean, what goes on in your head beforehand? Because this is really interesting, but it's also way... Historic. Yeah. Next time I find one, I'll make a note of how I discovered yeah, it. Yeah, because but... I'm trying to think your mindset when you were research. Oh, let me research this. I think I saw something, which is... I wanted to do something UK-based. Something scary. I don't know if this is scary, but it's a bit. But it's history. It's actual history. And this was also the first time a child... stood trial. A child, yeah, a child's statement was used in court alone as the key piece of evidence. Today, I think they just wouldn't use just a child's statement. No, definitely not. 100% not. 100% not. It's a good story. Thank you. So... Thank you for listening. Stay weird, stay wondering, stay drinking wine. <laughs> but not as much as we did. Yeah. Not our last recording. <laughs> and stay tuned because they do get better. If you have liked our stories, please give us a five-star review. Nothing less will be acceptable. <laughs> it's five-star or nothing. I'm joking. If you don't think it's five-star worthy, then don't waste your time. It's okay. Um, but yeah. We do not want constructive feedback. It's five-star <laughs> or just get on with your day. If you've got nothing nice to say, <laughs> Then don't say it at all. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you could like us, follow us, rate us, that would be great. That's it? That's it. Cool. Till next time. Bye. Adios. Adios. <laughs>